This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. Fire that musket and I cut his throat. <laughs> Today's feature presentation is Treasure Island from 1950. And what was this one, Katie? Um, it was a movie where people with really bad pirate accents uh, did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, really bad pirate accents. It's kind of a classic but it's also not a great movie so we will talk about that um i pulled a little bit of history around it so treasure island the movie from 1950 is based on the robert louis stevens book treasure island from 1883 and what i found out by digging is that this was originally called not the movie but the book was originally called the sea cook colon a story for boys oh what what? (laughs) yeah it was super weird. I don't know why they thought that was a good title, but I guess it was 1883, so maybe standards were different. I, I don't even know what to say to that because it's so weird. It is. It was weird. Um, The movie itself, it got mostly positive critical reviews. It did pretty good at the box office, but not amazing. Um, it got It was the sixth place earner for the year. So unlike a lot of the other Disney movies we've covered, it wasn't like a first or second or like set a record or anything, but it did pretty good. You know, it was in the top six movies. So that's something. And then um, in 1954, so four years later, this movie got a sequel, but it was a non-Disney sequel but it had the same actor playing Long John Silver and the same director. So it was like creatively some of the same team, but it wasn't associated with Disney. And that sequel was called Long John Silver. Like the restaurant? Yeah, I like the character. It's weird. Um, It's a thing. I don't know. So uh, this, (laughs) I don't think either of us love this movie. Um, What did you think about it from a high level? I wrote absolutely nothing here. Um... (laughs) I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really paying attention for like half the movie. Um, well, you don't have to because not a whole lot happens. I, there was not enough treasure hunting at all. Like it's called Treasure Island, but the, the time that it takes them to actually get to the island to hunt the treasure is like in the back half, like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, they finally go for the treasure at the very end. Like most of the movie is not about the treasure. And this entire movie is literally about Long John Silver. Yeah. And I didn't essentially I didn't know that. I don't think that I realized that either. Because I had never seen this version. The only thing that I really knew Treasure Island from was Muppet Treasure Island <laughs> from when we were kids. Like that's that's my main memory of this story. It's the only memory we should have had. Now it's ruined. Yeah. But hey, when we get around to watching it, now we'll have this for context for how much how much worse it could be. So the Muppets will look even better in, you know, rose tinted glasses, whatever. Um, You know, I thought it was, it's not great. You know, it's this mid 1700s pirate treasure adventure. Um, I felt like while I was watching the movie, I felt like I was watching people act instead of like watching characters be, you know, and it's just a, generally a sign of bad acting, but it's like, why are there so many weird pauses in their conversation? It didn't feel natural at all. It's almost like they expected this to be performed in front of a live studio audience, pausing for like clapping or something. Yeah, they almost do have pauses for like a laugh track or like, I mean, it's not really funny, but like, yeah, like a clap track or something. And it just, it feels so awkward. And then 
the other thing that jumped out at me was continuity errors. They were everywhere. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. Did you see all the continuity errors like everywhere? It was so hard to like keep up with what was going on in the movie. And that's probably why. Yeah, it was a shot by shot. They did not stay in continuity like things would just change anytime they cut away and there's there's a position on set when you're doing a production like this called the script supervisor and they do all sorts of things but one of their primary roles is to keep an eye on continuity and to make sure that like things make sense from shot to shot especially as you're changing angles you're changing you know if you're um, in close or if you're out wide when you're going from one piece of the script to another you need things in the shot to be the same, right? Like the flowers in the vase should look the same. The clothes on the person need to be the same clothes. Their hair needs to look the same. It, it's like all of these little things that you take for granted. But when you think about the way a production is done, you could have one shot cut to another shot that's supposed to be taking place right next to each other. But on set, those could be months apart or days apart, or you know they're not necessarily right next to each other. So that's what a script supervisor does. I don't think there was a script supervisor on set for this movie because it is so bad. It it was all over the place and like things were never the same like ever. Yeah. And even just when they went from like a, a one shot tight on someone to like a wide shot with multiple characters, things would change in the scene and it was <laughs> it threw me off all over the place. Um yeah, but what about the moments? There was there were things that happened in this movie. I don't know how many of them are worth talking about, but what jumped out to you? Okay, literally the only moment that's worth talking about in this entire movie is, you know, the moment when they're on the ship and the mutiny starts? Yeah. And the guy that's at the wheel, at the helm? Helm. Yeah. I know my I know my boat ter- ship terms. Excellent. Um, Thank you. Uh, I studied for this. Uh, I didn't. Um, (laughs) When he like, he's one of the people that works for uh, Long John Silver, right? And so they're like staging the mutiny and he comes up and sneaks up on this guy to like stab him. But one, he hits him with the butt of the knife when he like jumps on him, which didn't make any sense. Um, But then when like the dude gets shot, that shot where he like shoots him in the face, but then it like comes in and it goes to like five different people to show their reaction is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was so confused in that sequence. Like, I still don't know if that guy actually got shot in the face or if it was like they were going to shoot him in the face and it just like nicked him or something or... It, I don't know. It was so weird. It wasn't what you would see in a normal movie. It wasn't like an obvious, um, you know, violence or death or something. It was like they shot at him and then you're right. They cut around to a bunch of people and it was super confusing. It was just really funny because I was watching this like while we were uh, yesterday and my brother and my dad were watching it with me. And then my brother, I was like, whoa, did you see that? He goes, no, rewind it. So I got to rewatch it all over again. <laughs> oh, no. It was really funny, though, because they like zoom in and people are like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. I was like, is nobody paying attention to what's going on on the ship at all? That's what it seems like. They're just sort of like in their own little world. I was like, there's literally a mutiny happening and the captain doesn't realize it. And and like you said, there were like there were shots like this where there was fake blood. It's very obviously fake blood. Like it's 
you know, it, it doesn't even get close. Um, but at the same time, this movie had all of these weird, like the, like the Robin Hood deaths that we had seen when we watched Robin Hood, where people die without ever seeming to like really get hit or take damage or react in a painful way. It's just like they'll fire in each other's direction vaguely or someone will like kind of knife someone, but the knife is perfectly clean and it never really connects, but that person falls over dead. D- did you notice those throughout the whole thing? Oh, Absolutely, because there was lots of like supposed killing and maiming, and none of that actually like you never got to see it because they would cut away. Like yes, the scene where the kid is up on the up on the mast, right? Yeah. Because you know when you're running from someone who's trying to kill you, you always go high up into the air. That that makes perfect sense. Um, and he's he's like up there, and he gets stabbed in the arm. And then he shoots the guy, but it doesn't make any sense because he like stabs him and his reaction is, and then he shoots him. And I was like, really? You just got stabbed through the arm and that's your reaction? Yeah, it was a super strange reaction. There's a bunch of stuff like that, too, where reactions are just strange. And the entire time that kid only has like one facial expression. I noticed that too. He is not an expressive kid. He, I think, was well known at the time from what I could see in the little bit of research that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he was so well known. I, I'm not sure either, but I was I was dying over his, like, his eyes were scrunched up. Like, he had this, like, scrunched look on his face. He was just, like, angry all the time. I was like, child, calm down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one other thing I wanted to call out was... So Long John Silver is supposed to be this pirate with um, what you find out later in the story, if you don't know the story, is that he's a pirate captain. And so he's trying to like get someone else to take a ship to a thing so he can recover this treasure. Um, but he's secretly that. So he's actually um, a cook. And that's how he like gets on board as the ship's cook. Um, and when they're recruiting him as the ship's cook, there are a bunch of scenes where they they're like oh he has one leg which is a thing in the story that they get hung up about um he absolutely does not have one leg and it's not even close to being believable like (laughs) there are shots when they're recruiting him especially it gets better later in the movie but there are shots um in his like whatever his little bar area where if you look he is absolutely walking on two legs they just have the second leg framed out of shot like it's not even close to using the crutch the way that they uh, would in real life and it took my attention away so much that it was very clear that he had two legs because when they would show him from the front when he was like on his standing it was clear that his knee was bent so that you couldn't see his leg Yes, it's like an amateur production would do it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that in an amateur production. But when you're Disney, I would expect better. What I mean, what kind of technology or whatever do they have to give a person one leg? Uh, At the time, probably this. This is probably all they could do. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. Anything else from the movie that jumped out? Um, I, I don't know. I was like the, no, nothing. The treasure hunt was really weird. And then like Long John Silver betraying them was not surprising. Oh, oh, okay. I was reading through my notes. When the kid went to the ship 
right? Yeah. He cut the rope for the anchor. But he did that like super quick in a way that made no sense. Oh, yeah. Nope, I agree with you. That did not make sense. Yeah, because if you think about it, like the rope for an anchor is super thick and he just had like a regular knife. Really? You're going to cut through that like in a hot second? No, bro, that's not how that works. No, I don't think so. Uh, okay, that gets us to the bad and the good. There's always something good from each story or from each movie. Um, I feel like there was a lot more bad in this one. I called out the acting was it was bad. The acting was really bad, and the pacing was just not good. I mean, again, some of this is 1950s. It's a different pacing standard. But even you know, I feel like we have more context for 1950s movies now because we watched a bunch this year. Mm-hmm. Even by those standards, I felt like the pacing was bad in this one specifically. It it wasn't great because the story didn't move forward very quickly. There was too much time spent on like Captain Flynn in the beginning, and then there was too much time spending spent recruiting people, and then they didn't actually get to the island until the last 30 minutes of the movie, and then they didn't even treasure hunt until the last 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it was weird. Um, what else for you, Katie? Anything bad? Uh, the whack pirate accents. Ah, they were pretty bad. I agree. I mean, I want to. I I honestly want to know this. Like, when was it decided that pirates talked like that? I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know if that is uh, founded in any kind of reality or if it's just something that society picked up along the way. Because they all talk with like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been on Pirates of the Caribbean, like the attraction, yeah. right? Like those are how the pirates talk in that too. But. A change in the wind, says I. Like, who says that? <laughs> yeah, pirates do, obviously. But but why? Why do pirates talk backwards like Yoda? I have no idea. But with, like, pirate <laughs> accents. Yeah. Um. So good. What, what can we pull out that's good from this one? I said it is a classic story that has given us more context. And I feel like that's my go-to, that I, that's my crutch, you know? Um. But it's still true. It's true in this case. We've seen it now. The next time I watch Muppet Treasure Island, I will have this as a reference point and I will appreciate it more. How about you? I can tell people I watched it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, would you watch it again? Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, nope. Nope, I don't need to watch this one again. Um, if you guys want to watch along with us, what we have coming up next, we're going to do Hocus Pocus from 1993. We're going to do Cinderella from 2015. Old Yeller from 1957. We're really trying to work through some of those 1950s movies. And Princess Diaries from 2001. Um, We're getting near the end of season one. I see the end in sight down here on our list a little bit later. Um, With that said, don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog and articles, all that and more at geek geek Media or geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent to you, which brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what'd you do this week? Uh, Well, the big thing, two big things happened. One really big thing is if my sound sounds weird, it's because I moved and I'm in a completely different location now. That's super exciting. I'm glad that you got all moved over. I am very happy. The movers were fantastic. They did a great job. Um, They were very fast, which I was very happy about. Um, Good. People should just be nice to other people and then they do things really quickly. Okay. Yes. I was. That's. I mean, you just be nice. I mean, I know I'm paying them for a service, but there's no reason to be a jerk about it. Like I was totally nice to them. Probably way nicer than I needed to be, but whatever. 
still, you got moved. They helped you. It worked out. Yep. Now my apartment is just completely covered in boxes and my cat is hiding under my bed because he's freaked out (laughs) and he won't come out. I hope he's okay. He'll come out. He's just got to get used to it. Yeah. He'll claim Um, it as his territory. It's going to be his apartment soon, not yours. I mean, he had taken over my room originally. It wasn't my room. I was just, he was just letting me live there. Exactly. It'll be the same, except now he owns more space. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing that happened is that BTS had a giant concert weekend, um, which involved me not getting a lot of sleep and then also having to move at the same time, which was probably a dumb move on my part, but whatever. Oh, uh, uh, you made it work. I did. So they did the Map of the Soul 1 concerts online. So this was supposed to be their tour, like the tour that Chelsea and I were supposed to go to in May. Yeah. Uh, they got postponed and partially canceled. So they decided to move it online to wrap up their Map of the Soul era. So they like do this like era of albums and then they wrap it up with a concert tour and then they move on to the next era because they have a new album coming out in November. So Sweet. You said uh, it was good too, right? Oh my god, it was so good. So so good. They did a phenomenal job. They it was an hour, 2 hours and like 20 minutes the concert was. Um which was great except for the part where the first concert was like 3 in the morning. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. that wasn't great. Um but it ended up being like super super fantastic. We got to see all of the songs, like performances that we've been waiting to see and they were so overwhelmed because they actually got to see fans for the first time since March. So they like had a video call, like they video called all of these people in that had won the raffle. So they got to like, when they turned the sound on, you could actually hear the fans, which they haven't heard any of their fans since March. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. People got emotional. We all got emotional. We all cried together collectively. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but it was really, really, really good. And I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to like see it. And I can't wait to actually see them. In person, again, one day, who knows? Someday. It'll come back. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that the concert was good and the moving was good. Yeah. Um, I did I did a couple things this week. I watched Hercules, which I know we're not really supposed to talk ahead because we'll cover that one soon enough. But I watched the animated Hercules movie from Disney from the 90s, and it was still good. I liked it a lot. I don't know why. It just the mood struck me to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um We'll talk about that more when it comes around. Oh, another thing I've been doing is I played Star Wars Squadrons. And so this is a game that just came out. Um, it's kind of like a scaled down. So like a full on game these days is like a $60 game. And if they're making like a more scaled down experience, developers are finally getting wise to the fact that they can just charge people less and people set their expectations differently. So this was a, like a $40 Star Wars game, which we haven't really had one of those before. And um it's squadrons it's about being you know like tie fighters x-wings all that kind of stuff in the star wars universe so it's after return of the jedi so instead of being rebels and empire it's um the imperial remnant you know the people that are left over and it's the new republic and it was kind of cool it was just a, a nice like scaled down campaign and story um and I had a lot of fun playing through the story and then I messed around with the multiplayer for a while. But one of the things that was really cool was that there are four ship types on each side and every single ship feels unique. Um, Even though there's like a corresponding ship 
on the other faction, right? So like if you're Empire, you have a TIE bomber. And if you're on the New Republic side, you have a Y-Wing. They're kind of corresponding, but they still feel completely different from each other. So they did a really good job of like making this game where you can be in the Star Wars world or in the Star Wars universe, I should say, and in a Star Wars ship and feel like you're really in it. And it feels different from the other ones. So that was that was super fun to play. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, that's probably it for this week. You can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. And you can talk to us in real time by joining our Slack, Slack workspace and our Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton. And you can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? They can if they make the treasure hunting movies have the treasure hunting in the beginning. (laughs) 